scripture reading comes from John 11, uh, John chapter 11, 17 to 27. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, sh yet shall he live. And here, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ and the Son of God who is coming into the world. Amen. Thank you, Young. Very good. All right, so now I'll invite Pastor David to come and deliver the Word of God. Thank you, Pastor David. Let's give him a warm welcome as he comes to preach. Uh, I feel like we need to pray before we start, and it's always good to do that. So uh, will you join me as I pray? Uh, Father God, on this glorious day, on this Easter Sunday, uh, we are thinking about the resurrection. We're trying to grasp uh, a glorious truth that we just can't without your help. I can't without your help, so I pray that as I present to your people uh, this matter of first importance that Christ died and was buried and was raised again in three days, I pray that you would help your people to understand and to receive this truth so that it would change our lives. Thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name. So um, you know, just like I prayed, I I do mean. I do mean what I prayed. Uh, yeah, I was I was up till pretty late last night, and actually this this whole week has been kind of like this. I've been trying to grasp this truth about the fact that a person died and was buried and came back to life in three days. I was up until late last night, and I was racking my brains. How do I? How do I express this in a way that does it justice? Like, how do I express this in a way that matters to you guys? Um, and I kind of gave up like, into the wee hours of the night. Um, I, I don't have a way to express this to you in a way. Uh, in a way that's going to make it more miraculous and exciting and crazy than it already is. Um, and I'm sure all over the world today, uh, pastors have been doing the same thing. Uh, they've been you know, preparing until the wee hours of the night. Uh, and on this morning, 
Our pastors are preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's today. Uh, that's today. Uh, that's what we celebrate, the resurrection. And I was thinking about the resurrection, and it brought me back to my childhood uh, days. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time at my grandma's house, and she had, uh, I don't know if you guys know what this is, it's called Foxtel, it's cable television, uh, no one uses cable television anymore, uh, which was crazy for that time, it was like the late 90s, and uh, I just used to flick through the channels and get access to all these American TV shows, and there was one in particular called uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, it's called Ripley's Believe It or Not, and it was a show about strange but true stories, and... For instance, I remember watching this episode about a man who ate an entire airplane. So over the course of years, he would just grind up pieces of an airplane and he would eat it. And he did. And doctors examined him. They found out that he had an unusually resilient digestive system, but he, he did it. Like, he ate a plane. <laughs> I don't know why. Don't ask me why. <laughs> uh, he did it. Uh, no one knows why. Uh, also, I remember a feature about a type of carnivorous rabbit, uh, which is very appropriate this Easter. And we think of bunnies as fluffy and cute, and you know, they eat grass, they're herbivores. But I remember distinctly this episode about a Canadian carnivorous rabbit that eats flesh, and it, it eats its own kind. Um, I don't think you ever want to cross paths with this rabbit. And the premise of Ripley's Believe It or Not, it it's really in the name of the show, right? Believe it or not. Believe it or not. And that's the same question that we're going to be asking today uh, of this text. It's a question that's presented to us. Uh, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, and if you believe in me, you won't die. And then he says, do you believe this? Like, do you believe this? That's the question presented to us today. The resurrection, do you believe this? Because if the resurrection isn't true, and you don't actually believe that it happened, then Christians are basing their whole lives on a lie. And what we're doing this morning, and what Christians all over the world are doing this morning, it's kind of dumb. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, it's a waste of time. You could be doing other things on a Sunday morning. What the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you're still in your sins. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But if the resurrection is true, and you believe that it actually happened, then it will transform your past your present, and your future. It'll change everything. So the, re the resurrection, do you believe this? That's a question that's being presented to us on this Easter morning. And I want us to wrestle with that question today. And we're going to do that by understanding uh, this person, Martha, in John chapter 11. And she's a lot more like us than you think. Right? So some background, Jesus has a really close relationship with Martha and Mary, their sisters, and their brother has just died. Verse 5, which we didn't read, says Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So there's a familiarity there. There's a friendship there. And I want you to 
picture Jesus arriving at the funeral and Martha, uh, she goes out to meet him and she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. It's an interesting statement. Uh, And I want you guys to notice a few things about Martha from that statement. First of all, she recognizes that Jesus has a special relationship with God, like a special connection. Uh, If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And whatever you ask for from God, God will give you. Jesus, you have some kind of special relationship with God. And she's also crying out for some help here. But even now, if you ask God, he'll give it to you. It's kind of like this indirect, hey, but, you know, if you ask, he'll give it to you. So can you bring him back? It's this cry for help. And Jesus responds, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She's saying, yes, Jesus, yeah, I, I know, I know. I know there'll be a resurrection. I get that. Like she knows the right answers. And now look at this. So Martha is familiar with Jesus. Martha recognizes that Jesus has a special relationship with God. Martha wants help from Jesus. Martha knows the right answers. She's got good theology. And at the end of all of that, Jesus still asks her, but Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's, that, that, that's, that's a question that he asks. That's the response that he has. And I think this is what it means. Like Martha, you can be familiar with Jesus. Like you can know him. You can like him. You can be on team Jesus. Uh, you can talk to him as you pray. I'm sure you guys do that. I'm sure like Martha, you guys ask Jesus for help. And Jesus, I'm unwell. I'm sick. Can you, can you help me? Jesus, this situation is stressing me out so much. I just need you to, to come and just, just lend me a hand. Like, deliver me. Like Martha, you recognize that there's something special about Jesus. He's not ordinary. He's not like everyone else. He's got a special connection with God. He does things that nobody else can. And like Martha, you may have the right answers. Sure, God created everything. God created the earth. I know that. God wants us to be loving and kind to each other. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. And even, yeah, there's a resurrection. That's what today is about. And yeah, that's, that's great news. Who wouldn't want that to happen? You know, new bodies when this existing body dies. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. So we can be just like Martha, but Jesus presses in even more. And he asks, but do you believe this? You've said that you know the resurrection, you know me, you ask me for help, you can recognize that I am unique, that I am a savior, but do you believe this? That's the question that keeps coming back to us. Jesus doesn't let Martha stay where she is, and he's not going to let us stay where we are, just on familiar terms, just wanting his help, just recognizing that he's special, knowing all the right answers. Because you can get really close to something and still miss the whole point. Um, we see people like that all over the Bible. There's a story in Mark chapter 12, uh, this religious scribe, and he goes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answers him, well, it's to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. 
And the scribe's like, yeah, I, I agree. That's absolutely bang on, Jesus. You're right. And do you know what Jesus says to him? Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. Right? You are not far from the kingdom of heaven. And um, when you hear that, what do you think? You're not far from the kingdom of heaven. If Jesus said that to you, how would you feel? Maybe you might feel pretty good. You know, uh, I'm close. I'm close to the kingdom of heaven. But you also have to take the implication in that, in that statement as well, which is, you're close, but you're not in the kingdom of heaven. And so you can live your whole life around Jesus. You can live your whole life having been to church, talking about Jesus, familiarizing yourself with Jesus, asking Jesus for help, filled with good ideas about Jesus, and still not really believe who He is. Still not actually be in the kingdom of heaven. Still not believe that He was actually crucified on a cross, that He was buried, and three days later He came back to life. I'm terrible at tennis. I'm really, really bad at tennis. You don't want to play with me. Uh, I can't hit the ball. <laughs> you could probably beat me if you played with your left hand. Um, but I like sports and I like following tennis. Uh, Heidi and I, we flew down to Melbourne uh, a few months ago on Australia Day for the Australian Open. And it was there that I realized I didn't even fully understand the rules of tennis. Uh, that's okay, but I, you know, I have a few tennis players I like to cheer for. Uh, you know, when there's a major tournament on, I'll follow you know, that tournament, I'll tune in. And a lot of people, I think, believe in Jesus like that. You know, here, there, once in a while, special occasion, Easter, for example. And maybe you think, you know, what's so wrong with that? I'm still a fan, like I'm still a fan of Jesus, like I'm a fan of Federer or... Except while tennis is happy to have fans, Jesus wants disciples. And so when he asks this question, do you believe this? Don't hear him saying, do you like me? Do you, you know, know some true things about me? I want you to hear this question. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that I actually died and then rose again three days later? And that if you become my disciple, if you believe in me, then you won't die either. See, that's a question that will either change everything for us or it'll change nothing at all. And we, we, if we don't answer this question properly, we'll be the most pitied of all people, as the Apostle Paul says. So when Jesus says, do you believe this? He's saying, Martha, if you actually believe this, if you really believe that I am the resurrection and the life, then nothing will ever be the same again. And it's true for each and every one of us. If you believe what Jesus is saying in John chapter 11, that he rose from the dead, nothing will ever be the same again for any of us. It will affect your past. When you look at the mistakes that you've made, the sins of your life, whether it's 25 years ago or this morning, when you see that Jesus died for you and rose again, you'll have this security and assurance that you're forgiven. Why? Because, you know, what happens when a person is sentenced to prison? You know, they go to prison, right, and they serve their time. Then after they serve their time, 
after they've atoned for their crimes, they come out of prison. And in the same way, when you look at the empty tomb, that is the assurance, that's the security that your sins have been atoned for, your sins have been paid for. Jesus has covered your sins. And God raising him from the dead is your assurance that you're actually forgiven. But the resurrection will also affect your present. Um, you know, I think a lot about the disciples, it's been a joy to just read through the Gospels again and go into the book of Acts. And man, these guys were just knuckleheads. These guys were pretty stupid at times. <laughs> they see Jesus being tortured and crucified the day before. They're like, you know, I'll follow you to your death. I'll never give up on you. They see Jesus being tortured and crucified, and they run away. But when they see Jesus rise from the dead, you know, Jesus visits his disciples. He changes, changes everything. They go from doubting Jesus, running away, to being completely fearless and bold for Jesus. I love, uh, I love this description of them in the book of Acts. Uh, they're preaching the gospel. They're, they're, they're preaching the resurrected Christ. And the religious leaders get upset and they kind of bring them in and they beat, they beat them up. They beat them up with pulse and they're like, stop talking about the risen Christ. And it says in the book of Acts, they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. These guys just got beaten up for preaching Jesus. And then they go out the next day and they're like, yes, we were beaten up. We're worthy of suffering for his name. And then they just continued on as if nothing had happened. They continued to preach Christ. You know, what's going on there? Uh, I think of Paul, you know, who goes from being a murderer of Christians, a persecutor of Christians, to someone who you know, wrote mo most of the New Testament, who's someone who goes to prison for Jesus. A uh, story where he goes to prison and he starts just singing worship songs about Jesus. And as he does that, uh, there's an earthquake and it bursts open the doors of the prison. And that's bad news for the jailer because it means he's failed at his job. So he gets ready to commit suicide. And Paul stops him and offers him Jesus. And this is the explosive power of the resurrection now. It's not just for our past. There's a power, for, uh, there's a power in the resurrection for right now. Singing in our suffering, loving our enemies, boldly proclaiming the gospel. And of course, it will also affect your future, right? Jesus says, though you die, yet you shall live. And he brings us into eternal life. That's the future that we have. And so no matter what happens to you, I'm not just saying this to sound cool. Literally, no matter what happens to you, even if you die, 
that's not the end. It'll be okay. Everything will be okay. You'll be face to face with Jesus. There'll be a day where there is no more sickness or cancer or mourning or pain. No more depression. No more anxiety. And we'll be more alive than we ever have before because we'll be standing in the presence of glory. So back to the original question. Do you believe this? Do you actually believe this? That's the question that will either change everything for us or nothing at all. And you know, historically when theologians have talked about what it means to believe in Jesus, to believe that he rose again, they talk about three elements. Uh, The first is knowledge, right? Knowledge is the content. You know the passages. You've heard the gospel before. You know the accounts. You know that Jesus rose from the dead. You've heard that before. But it's not just knowledge. The second thing is is assent. And and that's saying, I have a conviction that it's true. Uh, I do believe that it's true. I do believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead. And by believing in him, I will too. But there's a third element. And without that, it all unravels. And the third element is trust. Uh, Maybe you've heard the story before of... uh, fearless tightrope walker um, set up a cable in Niagara Falls and you know, this guy was just going back and forth along this cable. He was doing flips. He was just having a day, you know, having a laugh on this cable and people started to come and flock and watch him and they were like, this guy is amazing. They started to do it with a sack of potatoes on his back and everyone's just like applauding. And so he says, okay, who believes that I could do this with a person on my back? Everyone's like, yeah, we want to see that. We believe, you know, you, you make it look so easy. And then he says, who'll be my first volunteer? And, you know, no one puts their hand up. So knowledge, assent, but no trust. doesn't matter. Everything unravels. And on this Easter Sunday... That's the question that Jesus is asking us. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? And that in me, though you die, you shall live. And though you live, you shall never die. How do we trust in Jesus who is the resurrection and the life? It's going to require some action. It's going to require us to get uh, out onto that tightrope. And in short, it's going to require us to die. And I don't mean suicide. I don't mean physical death. Um, you know, do you know what's funny? Uh, the great irony of this life in our day and age is you know, the, uh, like our, our, our motto, our mantra has become, you know, I live my life the way that I want to live it. And yet the result of that is exhaustion and weariness. And the more that you make the world about you, the more miserable and exhausted and angry you're going to be. But the more the world stops being about you, and the more it becomes about the one who rose again, the one who is the resurrection and the life, Jesus, the more we'll be alive. So, do you believe this? Do you trust that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Then die. 
Okay? Die. Die to yourself. Turn to Jesus and entrust everything, your whole life, to Him. Don't hold anything back. Do you believe this? Then we need to die, and that's what it means to believe in the resurrection this Easter. And I think as a way of doing that as a church uh, on this morning, uh, I'm going to invite us to take communion. Um, and this is not just something that we do as a symbolic gesture. Uh, no, we, this is something that we do believing that the real presence of Christ is with us and He empowers us by the power of His Spirit to know what it means to be united to Him in death and in resurrection. So, if you are not a believer in Christ today, uh, I will warn you to abstain. This is not a joke. This is for people who are in Christ. What we're doing has power. What we're doing right now is going to re reform us from the inside out. And so, as we take communion today, um, I'm going to ask that uh, Tony, if you could just you know, get some music for us to meditate. On. So, um, just starting from the first row and then each row after, uh, I want to invite you to come out and just uh, take one of these cups. Just a couple of days ago, we took communion on Good Friday. And uh, we remember that this is something that Jesus instituted uh, in his very last meal with men, friends, disciples whom he loves. There's an expectation of looking forward to this final meal that he would have. And I want you to hear these words as his disciples. These same words are for you and I. There's an intimacy here, and we're invited in to use this moment to remember Jesus. This is what it says. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. So let us take the bread. Let us remember that Jesus was 
fully God, but also fully human. That He loves us, that His body was broken for us in our place on that cross. And may we remember how precious, how blessed it is to be forgiven, to be made clean from all of our sins. Let us eat of the bread, the body of Christ, broken for you. took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So after the meal, he took the cup, and he said, this is my blood that is poured out for you. It's a new covenant. You're not under the law anymore. And until I return to the Father, I will not drink from this cup again. So let us drink of the cup. And as we do that, let us remember that we are headed towards a resurrection. Let us remember that there will be a day when His kingdom is fully established on the earth. Let's realign our hopes. Let's realign our futures, knowing that we are one day closer to His return. not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Lord, with these words, how the course of history was changed forever. And Lord, our finite minds cannot grasp that in its fullness. We need your help. On this Easter, we sing, we preach, we talk about how Christ was raised from the dead. Help us to believe that. Help us to die to ourselves so that we might live to Christ. Help us in the power of your Holy Spirit. In his precious name we pray. Amen.